Hello, this is Pastor Harry with City Chapel Church. Over the life of our young church, I've had several uh, people come and ask me about prayer. Prayer is something we believe in at City Chapel. It's something we talk about, having daily prayer times with God. And yet many come to me asking, well, how do I pray? Or what do I say when I pray? Or I'm afraid that I may be getting it wrong. Um, And so I wanted to record this audio to be Uh, informative to you and helpful for you to understand biblically what um, Jesus said about prayer, but also that it could be an accompaniment um, to your daily prayer time, that you might be able to follow along with me the words of Jesus and and learn how to pray, how he uh, desires us to pray. So um, grab some warm coffee, find a comfortable place. Let's spend some time in the Word of God for the next few minutes. Uh, We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 4, a passage of Scripture that's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Uh, It's interesting to me that um, this disciple of Jesus, we don't know his name, but he heard Jesus praying, right? And when he heard Jesus praying, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, this disciple and all of Jesus' disciples would have known how to pray um, from their childhood. They grew up as Jews in, in a Jewish household. They were taught prayers, that you memorize this prayer and then you recite this prayer. So they knew how to pray in that sense, that they knew how to memorize certain prayers and then repeat them. But when they heard Jesus praying, there was something different about his prayer that it wasn't memorized. It wasn't uh, something that they had re- that he had read and then and then just remembered. It, it was this conversation that he was having. And so they said, "Hey, this disciple said, "Hey, teach me to pray like that." Like that's really what he's saying. He's he's saying, "Show show us." how to do what you're doing. And he references John's disciples because it was very common in those days for rabbis to lay out a principle um, or different principles for their students, specifically in regards to prayer. So when Jesus embarks on what's known as the Lord's Prayer here in the following text, he's not telling, he's not giving us his disciples, he's not giving us something new to memorize and recite. He never intended for, I don't believe, for the Lord's Prayer to be something that we memorize and 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 recite this, repeat this. Rather, he's laying out for us principles of effective, powerful prayer. And he starts with these words. He says, okay, when you pray, say this. He says, number one, our Father in heaven. Our Father. The very first words, the way that Jesus addresses God is infinitely different than the way his disciples were used to addressing God. And honestly, I think different than the way we are used to addressing God. He says, you have to come to him with the realization, the understanding that he is your father. So the way we come to him, the way we address him is so important for everything else that follows. We have to get this right. 
Um, he, he, he is not only the God of the universe. He's not only the great maker of the stars and the galaxies and, and uh, the creator of the seas and the, the land. And, and, you know, he's not only the great immutable one or the all-knowing one or the all-seeing one or the all-wise one. He is all of those things. But to us, if you want to pray effectively, you have to come to him as your father. Uh, when I come to my parents' house, man, if I'm hungry, I just go to the refrigerator. If I'm tired, I just lay down on the couch. It, it, Jesus is saying you, the way you approach God will will affect uh, how you talk to him. And so we, we must approach him as our father, that when we come into his presence, man, we are in our father's house. This world, actually, the whole world, this is my father's world. And so everything that my dad has is also open to me. I have access to everything that he has. He loves me. That's the thing about, about a, a good father is that a good father will, will love unconditionally. And so for many of us, our version of, of, of what a father is has been distorted by our earthly father. But we have to set that aside. We have to remove that out of our mind and say, okay, uh, God is my good father. He is the father that I need. He is the father that, that, that knows me. See, a, a good father changes your diaper at one stage in your life and encourages you in other stages and challenges you in other stages, but he always accepts you. There's always, there's eternal acceptance in the beloved uh, when we come to our father. We are in our father's house we're accepted by him. We are loved by him. And this is how we must approach God, our Father in heaven. So his position is heaven. Heaven is much higher than earth. Heaven has supremacy and dominion over the earth. Scripture tells us that heaven is his his throne and the earth is his footstool. He's literally resting his feet on the earth. And so when we come to him, he is our Father, but he's not... Uh, he's not on the same level as us. He is much higher. He's much. He's not on the same level of, of as anything. <laughs> he is in heaven, which means he's over all of this stuff. He's he's not affected by by uh, the United States government or different election cycles or 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 weather or uh, I mean everything that affects us here on Earth doesn't affect him. He's much higher than that. It doesn't mean he's removed from us, but it does mean that he has dominion. He is he is still on the throne of heaven. He hasn't vacated his spot. He's still uh, in charge. He's still sovereign over everything. And so as we come to him, we have this amazing relationship with him, a father-son relationship, but but it's not just with a, a regular guy. It's with the king of the universe. He is in heaven. We're coming before a God who is in complete control. And when we come to him, our father is in heaven and he says, your name is holy. Uh, the King, the New King James says, hallowed be your name. That means your name is holy. Now, when the Bible talks about a name, it's talking about a reputation that God has an eternal reputation of holiness. Now, holiness is, it means to be completely separate or complete, completely different uh, than us. Um, but it also means to be completely pure, completely righteous, that we can trust him because he is holy. He's never lied. He, he has no malice. He has no evil in him. 
Um, scripture says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Uh, and so we're coming before one who is completely holy. In fact, the angels, Scripture tells us that the angels cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole world is filled with his glory. And so we're coming before one who is absolutely holy. The first couple of lines here of the Lord's Prayer, it's all about worship. So when we come to God, you don't have to say these exact words, but you must come with a heart of reverence and worship. Father, we come into your house. We, we come into your, your house. You built this place. You, you created this place. The, 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 the sky is your ceiling and the, the windows of morning and evening. Uh, on each side of us, Lord, we see your glory. We see it paint, the sky painted with your, your beauty and splendor that you put on display. We worship you and we come before you as children, not beggars. Uh, you're not our boss. We, we're, not, we're, not, we're not coming to you to get, to, to get some kind of check mark off of our list. We're coming before the God of the universe who also happens to be our Father who knit us together in our mother's womb, who is responsible for our creation. That our parents, yeah, they played a role, but, but it was impossible that we should exist without your influence and without your power. So we come before you because you love us, you know us, and you are in charge of all things. You are over all things. You are greater. You are higher. Heaven is a higher place than earth, Father. And so we come to the God of, of, of heaven and we, we bring the needs of earth to the God of heaven. We need heaven to come to earth, which is the next thing that Jesus says. He says, may your kingdom come. This is the first request that Jesus tells us to make. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first request is not for us. It's not for our families. It's not for anything that we might need, although there are things that we need. But the first request is that God's kingdom would come to earth. When Jesus was walking the earth, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within reach. And we see that as Jesus lived out his life on the earth, we see what happens when the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. Uh, physical bodies are made whole and healed. Uh, emotional issues are, are dealt with. Um, spiritual bondage is rebuked and cast out. The enemy, Satan, is defeated when the kingdom or the rule of heaven comes to earth. And this is what Jesus wants for each one of us when we pray. That, that prayer is not trying to get God to do what we want him to do. It's trying to align ourselves with the will of God and the kingdom of God. The kingdom is the place where God rules. He's in charge. And we see what that looks like when we, when we read about the fruit of the Spirit. The kingdom is a place of love. The kingdom is a place of joy, peace. Uh, the kingdom is a, is a place where God is in charge. And th what Jesus is saying is, I want you to, to re request that kingdom to come to earth. Not just, uh, not just in some faraway place, but in my life. Father, may your kingdom set up shop in my life, in my heart. May you set up your kingdom in my family. May you set up your kingdom in my school. May you set up your kingdom in my workplace, in my church, in my city, God. May your kingdom come to this place. May there be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control in this place. May those attributes be the defining attributes of my life 
my home, my city. And so what, what we're doing is we're, we're inviting the rule and reign of God. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he gets more specific as far as the request. He said, give us today our daily bread. Give us, uh, I think my, my New King James says, give us day by day our daily bread. Now what he's talking about, daily bread, he's not talking about a, a um, uh, every 24-hour loaf of gluten. <laughs> um, back in Jesus' day, uh, almost all of the work, the labor that was done was all physical labor. They didn't sit at home and work on their computers. Um, even Jesus went to a carpenter shop and worked as a carpenter as a, as a young man. And in the Middle East, it's very hot and, and um, you get hungry. Uh, but what they would do is they would start very early. They would start, you know, pro Jesus probably woke up around 4 a.m. to go to work. However, his mom would have already been up and she would have prepared for him uh, a sack uh, of, of food that they, they called the daily bread. Uh, it wasn't just bread, it was other things as well, but it was, it was the amount of food that she felt he needed for the day. And this is what Jesus is saying. When you come to your father, just ask him for what he knows you need for the day. He's already been up. <laughs> He's been up all night planning for you the provision that you need for that day. And so you may need actual bread. You may, I mean, he knows you need food. So ask him for your daily allotment. Lord, Lord, you know what I need. But, but I also, I don't, I don't just need bread. I need a mortgage payment. Um, I need a car payment. I need some gasoline in my car. Uh, I, need, I need to pay for a light bill. I have, I have needs and I, and I need them today. And what Jesus is saying, he says, it's not unspiritual to bring those needs to your father. He's your father. He knows what you need. So just ask. Just ask him for what you need. And you may have other needs as well, emotional needs for the day. You may need peace today. You may need uh, freedom from anxiety today. You may uh, just bring your daily needs. And this is the key, daily needs. He wants us to go to him. It is so honoring to our father when instead of us trying to figure everything out and worrying and stressing about it, that instead, Lord, we come to you. Let's do that right now. Father, I come to you with my daily needs. You know what I have need of. I don't even know what, what, what I'm going to encounter today, but you know what I need. I know some of them, but Lord, you know. And so I come to you with those needs. Lord, give me what I need today. Uh, I look to you. I rely on you. I put my faith in you. I'm not in charge of my, of my destiny. I'm not the primary provider of my household, Lord. You are. Uh, I may be the man of the house, but I rely on you to feed the Fleming family, to, to, to clothe the You know the clothes that we need, God. You know the house that we, the mortgage payment and the, and, and, and the bills. You, you, you know all of these things, and you want to be my source. And so, God, I, I transfer the source of my strength and my needs from away from me and away from somebody else or some other institution. Lord, you are my source. And so, Father, give me what I need. Uh, and I trust you to know exactly what I need today. After that, he says, forgive us for our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. He ties those two together, by the way. He ties our forgiveness of others with God's forgiveness of us. So it's so important on a daily basis as we start the day, one of the things we need uh, 
for our daily bread is actually forgiveness. People are going to sin against us. People are going to um, do us wrong. They're, they're, they're going to talk about us. Or, there, or something is going to happen today where you're going to have the opportunity to become offended. And Jesus said, before that even comes up, why don't you make a decision that I am already going to forgive people because of what Christ has done for me, because of the forgiveness I've received, because of the, the grace that I've received. And certainly, if we have any sins in our heart, Father, show us those sins. Let's go ahead and pray that right now. Father, show us those sins. Show us if there's anything inside our heart that we need to repent of and turn away from. And Lord, as you have forgiven us, we make a decision right now that no matter what people do to us or no, no matter how many times, I mean, Jesus said up to seven times, 70 times in any given day, we are to forgive our brothers and sisters. And so Lord, we do that. We release people of all wrong that they've ever done to us. They'd never have to repay us. They never have to come say that they're sorry because of what you've done for us. We're free to release them, and we don't need vengeance. Uh, that, that's, that's for you to take care of, Lord, and we ask for you to release them. We ask for you to forgive them. We cannot live with bitterness. We cannot live with uh, holding grudges against people. We must lay them down at your feet, and so we do that today. Uh, Jesus put forth this, this idea of sin as, as, as a debt. He said, forgive us um, our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And uh, it is. It is a debt. And so when we release them, we're basically saying they don't have to pay because Jesus has already paid. Jesus has already filled me up with everything that I need for, for, for joy and peace and contentment. I'm not looking for somebody to come say they're sorry because I've already found it in Jesus. I don't need you to pay back the debt. Jesus already filled up my cup. Uh, I don't. Uh, I have everything I need in Him. And then He says, "Don't lead us into temptation. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one." And so, in that in that part of the prayer, He's saying, "It's good to ask God forgiveness for sins, but it's also important to ask Him to lead us in a different route, <laughs> lead us down a different path." Don't, 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 don't put yourself constantly in a place where you know you're going to be tempted, where you know you could slip up and fall. Rather, Father, teach me. Father, teach me how to, how to walk with you in purity. Teach me how to walk with you in a different way so that I, so that I, 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 I have fellowship with you in a whole other level. Teach me how to avoid some of the pitfalls and traps that I have fallen into. God, I know they're going to come today. I know temptation is going to come today. But Lord, teach me how to walk the other way. That when temptation comes, you always provide a way of escape. May I see that that way of, may I see that exit sign really, really bright today. May I see it just so clearly and plainly. And may, I, may you help me, God. Father, give me the power to run to that exit sign in every temptation, to get out of that temptation, to flee temptation. It's not your will that I should live in temptation. You're not trying to, God's not trying, God doesn't tempt anybody. And he doesn't want us to, to live and to dwell in that. He wants us to immediately, quickly get out of that. Get out of that place of temptation and step into, to, to be delivered away from the evil one. Because those places of temptation, that's where the enemy's lying to us. That's where he's telling us things that aren't true. And so, Father, may we only believe what is true. May we run away from the lies of the enemy today. 
in Jesus' name. In the book of Matthew, uh, when Jesus is sharing this, and I think it's Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is sharing the, the Lord's Prayer. He, he ends it a little differently than Luke. Luke ends simply deliver us from the evil one, but in Matthew, Jesus adds to it uh, that uh, deliver us from the evil one, and then he closes it out with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Yours is the kingdom. God, it's all, it's all you anyway. Uh, yours is the power. It's all in your strength. It's all by your strength. It's not my, my strength. Yours is the glory. You get all the credit, Father. You get all the credit for what you're doing in the earth. And all of these things are forever. And I love how Jesus ends the prayer with the word forever. Because prayer ought to always point us toward that which is forever. The stuff we're living in right now, it's all temporal. The problems you're facing right now are all temporary. (laughs) Uh, At some point, all these problems are going to go away. At some point, none of this stuff is going to be relevant. Because there is a place that we're going to. There is a place that is forever And God lives in eternity, and it's so important that we lift our eyes to eternity. We focus on where He is. It'll give us such wonderful perspective for the day. So whatever you're going through today, may you fix your eyes on Jesus, who is eternal, who is preparing for us an eternal home, who has offered for us an eternal sacrifice for sin, who stands ready uh, to welcome us into His eternal home, Uh, by the blood of Jesus. Uh, Father, we thank you today for who you are. We submit to you. We we submit all of our cares and concerns. We bring them before you. And we ask, Lord, for you to direct our steps today until we reach that place of forever. God, may we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Amen. Amen.